0: Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation.
1: We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Check.
0: One, two. Welcome one, two. back to Mixed Company, everybody. What episode are we on? We have enough episodes for us to forget. I believe, however, this is episode 24. Amen. I believe this is episode 24. It could be
1: at 25.
0: No, this I think 24. we're 24. Okay. This
2: is, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> but, that's
0: but that's cool. We're at a position now where we can actually say we don't know how old we are. That means that we have some longevity. So, um, welcome, back. welcome back, y'all.
1: Hey.
0: Outside of not knowing what episode we're on, Sim, how are you?
1: you? Doing all right. Amen. That's all I got. That's, that's all, I got. <laughs> that's that's from all I got. That's
2: all we can get. What about you, Karina? What's I'm up? good. I feel more relaxed. Good. Maybe. I'm trying to have a new perspective because I'm a new age I've
1: noticed.
0: older. Yeah. Right. Karina, Karina just celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday, little shawty. No,
1: but she gave me hair dropping gems earlier. Did.
3: She I did. <laughs> Karina,
0: listen, I'm not trying to jinx it, but I think Karina is about to put some like real wisdom on us today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also are lucky enough to have an amazing guest with us today. Hey, Miss Amenita So. Hello. Hello. How are, How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm good. So, um I guess it's real with like all the people We've had on the show we've, We know these people <laughs> We've met these people So we bring them on um, Minnie and I go way back to Howard University Working on Homecoming And like literally just trying to take over the world um, Reconnected since she's been back in New York um, and just vibing off of talking all the shit about all the things wrong with the industry and how we can make it better um, So I figured you might as well come on the show because this is, this is the safe space to do that hey. So <laughs> welcome, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself Well, my name is Aminata So,
4: I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan um, My father's from Senegal, West Africa Uh as Kai said, went to Howard University, that's where we met, uh, got my background or my degree in finance, uh, did corporate for a while and hated it and left, and moved to New York about a year ago. My boss, who's a FAMU graduate, uh, started a company called White Rose Marketing Solutions, LLC. Um, and it's a strategic marketing um, and communication consulting firm, and we work with businesses, small businesses, and government agencies to help them with their marketing, branding, strategy, communications, um, personas, figure out who they're talking to, um, how, the, how they can optimize their brand. Uh, we do SEO optimization of websites, a list of different things. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been cool. I've been in Harlem for the past year, just closed on an apartment in Ooh. East
3: Harlem.
4: So, um, you. I'm enjoying the New York life, and I, you know, teach uh, financial literacy and marketing on the side um, with a program called HEAP, so enjoying these late 20s, still trying to figure out myself, but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here.
0: I have a question. Oh, clearly Simi has a question. I'm going to let you go first.
1: It's it's actually not a question. I just saw a funny-ass meme earlier that I wanted to see. (laughs) Okay, guys. (laughs) Let me go first.
0: Because we do get those questions sometimes. How'd you make the transition from finance to marketing?
4: Um, so, full disclosure, and I don't really care. I was at Deloitte before I came on board with my boss. Um, and I was in this phase where I was trying to transition from finance or internal finance um, into the consulting world. And it was just, it was, they were basically pushing me through the trenches. So I had to do, I did an interview with the partner. I did a behavioral interview. I did a case study interview. Sorry, is behavioral, is that culture fit? Kind of, sort of. Okay. And so, like, I did these three rounds of interviews. It was, like, in the December beginning of January, and I had to identify a project. And I'm like, nobody's trying to put me on a project because it's the end of the year. It's holiday season. And so I was kind of, like, frustrated. And so my boss reached out to me. She was a mentor at the time, and she said, hey, I landed this project, and you can take it. I cried, I prayed, and then I cried some more, and I moved two weeks later. I put in my two-week notice. I didn't have a place to stay when I moved to Harlem. I stayed with my boss for two weeks. I... Had a place in two more weeks, and the rest is history. So I had to like, made it work. I made it work. So yeah, that's real life. So, yeah, I had a job, and that's how I. Listen, <laughs> you gotta take a step
0: somehow. That's so dope.
1: Well, welcome.
0: Yes. We're happy to have you. Do you want to share your meme? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. well, I, well, I sent it to you, but I don't think you opened it. Yeah. <laughs> This girl says she hates partying with Howard girls because they're in the bathroom arguing oh. about slavery. <laughs> Yo, I saw
3: that the other day.
0: I saw that she that. just it's mad. True. She
3: mad.
4: It's true, she is, though. I mean, that's me, though. That is me in the bathroom <laughs> going
3: in
0: all day, every day. We got to talk about the diaspora.
3: Listen.
0: Listen, the people need to know. The people have been lied to. They need to know. Listen. <laughs> no. And I don't think it was an HBCU girl. I saw that meme the other day. I was cracking up because it's true. You not know how, child, you, um, I'm not going to go there. But you know how many conversations about, like, the world that I have had in the bathroom? <laughs> Y'all don't understand because they try to hit us over here with these alternative facts. But the reality is that if you look at the real facts, that's what you need to be paying attention to. Dr. Carr said that. Amen. (laughs) Shout out to Dr. Carr and all of the professors over at Howard doing their thing. Apparently Ian Smart is out here friending people on Instagram, so I'm still waiting on mine even though he gave me a B. Shout out to, if you went to Howard, you know what that means. It means I didn't get the grade I paid for. (laughs) All right. All right. So, we're going to move over to our feedback. We haven't had feedback in so long, but I think last week's episode was so dope. <laughs> last week's episode was some dope shit. Um That we posted, uh, we posted a question on social media, and we got some feedback from some listeners. Um, so, the question was, when you've been raised to work twice as hard and be twice as good, then self-care can take a back seat. How do you maintain work-life balance? So... Uh, We got some feedback from King Cox, who mentioned that time management is key. Uh, Ashley P.W. said that, um, notes that she's really terrible at it, but after almost having uh, an anxiety attack last week, her mom gave her some real advice. Since so often companies provide laptops, it's so common for people to work, to continue to work from home and even after they are off work. So one way to unplug is making sure you leave your computer at work. I've noticed that's helped tremendously in just one week. Um, Who also... King Cox also said he loves our new graphics. Um, Julia CSJ shouted or noted that output high quality only. Don't say yes to everything. Keep weekends sacred unless true emergency arises. And have a, and have semi regular happy hours with your friends.
2: Oh, Julia, friend of the podcast. And if by se- right
0: and if any and if by semi regular she means like semi regular an hour, then I'm totally there. <laughs> So thank you guys for your feedback. Um, obviously, we'll continue posting quotes on social media for y'all to follow, follow and right? comment on and just be a part of the conversation. Dope. dope.
3: Yay. All right.
0: All right. So now, so now we, have we have dope shit, shit or, or ain't, shit. ain't shit. It sounds yeah. so much more fun to say that. Can we get that on T-shirts? Hey, like, for real. Listen, I would buy it. Message. An- <laughs> All right. Who wants to start?
1: I'll go, I'll be really quick. Uh, my dope shit is The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lex, which was the movie on HBO <laughs> <laughs> starring the incomparable uh, Oprah Winfrey. It was dope as fuck. Mm, I, I didn't I it. didn't really know about the story because um, I stopped reading a while ago. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> <Ciao>. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. So, uh, it was very insightful, crazy, um, also very expected because, as Dave Chappelle says, I know the whites, and that's my <laughs> dope shit.
2: Oh man! <laughs> well, mine's about the royal family. Um, if you come from Who? the royal family which from one? like from England, from the, you really ask that? <laughs> I guess that's a fair
0: question, Rich. Which which one? Okay. So
2: um, recently they did a video series talking about mental health, and it's. Um, and if you know if you're, I don't want to say old as I am because I'm not that old, but you kind of remember when Princess Diana died, and like, even though there was a lot of gossip around it, nobody talked about it. So in this video series, for
0: reference, it was only in 1997. Yeah. Well, so some people won't have that reference. in their lifetime. No, I know, I know, but that is a long time ago. Oh my God!
1: That's you know those people twenty, are 20 years ago.
0: I was like, that's twenty years ago. That's a long time. You can say Oof, Jesus. your age. Well, you
2: know, 30 years ago, it was still 1970 to me. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> so, they didn't but anyway, talk about it.
2: Um, so, in this video series, they talk about mental health and Prince Harry and Prince William. and Is she a queen? Duchess? No, she's cool. a Duchess. Duchess Kate. Um, Keep anyway, calling. they talk openly about losing a family member, losing a parent. How does that change their perspective, especially? Um, as Prince William is now a parent, and they're just very open with it. It's such a different perspective than, you know, what you thought about the royal family of England like 10 years ago, they are being more open. So I thought it was really good to even talk about mental health, so that was dope to me.
1: I mean, that is dope considering all the craziness that's been happening with people with mental issues shooting at other people who are alive. (sighs)
0: <sighs> I'm not even ready to go there, but yes, I agree. I agree. Um, I will share mine. So our friends over at MAFA, otherwise known as the Mosaic Alumni and Friends Association, um, had their, had themselves an amazing cocktail reception the other day slash panel where we discussed uh, diversity uh, um, what was the tagline line again? Don't talk about it. Be about it. And with on on that panel there, um, this was hosted by Publicis Health, um, who who basically they were our corporate sponsors. So that was absolutely amazing. Um, I appreciated the turnout from the Publicis Health staff members that were there. I appreciated that the. CEO of of Pulusis Health Health was also in attention, in in attention, in attendance, and also contributed insight. Stayed around to talk to people. um, Opened opened the event with his opening remarks, obviously. um, And then, yeah, it was just it was just a good opportunity to a see activity from the health side of the business, also participating in um, advocating on behalf of diversity diversity and inclusion it was amazing to see a whole bunch of people that may not necessarily have uh, been introduced to the podcast or introduced to mafia mafia that were also in attendance and then obviously i'm always here for a good snack (laughs) um and that eggplant goulash whatever was on point so thanks shout out to um amber shout out to Karina, obviously, yes. shout out to Orlando, shout out to, to um, Eileen, Eileen, Carol,
2: Stella, the whole Definitely. crew. Definitely,
0: the whole crew that put it together, it was a great event, um, looking forward to another one, hopefully on a rooftop, and hopefully with Stronger Liquor, <laughs> um, and I will be there, as always, yes. it was great. It was awesome, it was a very was really
2: candid good. event, I've never met a CEO so candid and so open to talk about diversity and inclusion and and though he said he that he recognizes that, recognizes that, that. as Putin said, we did, we did a great job from a gender perspective, we need to improve it from a race perspective.
0: I want to. Ge- I'm not big on giving people props because I want to see change, but I will. I will recognize realness when I when I see it. And that comment that he made about understanding that their racial diversity is not as optimized as it should be sparked me to ask him a. a, a a deeper question about some experiences that I have had working within the industry. And his, and and essentially my question was how, what is the best way for someone like me when trying to speak to someone in his position to get them to understand the importance of diversity. And his response to me was real as shit. Like, he was like, listen, I'm a white man. I've never been a woman and I will probably never be black. And he was like, I cannot necessarily tell you to speak to me he was like i do think though that is that it is important for people to get past the facade of hierarchy and to actually step up and speak their truth and if you see something that pisses you off you need to say it um i can't he was like i can't guarantee that it's going to work in your favor but at least it's the realest way to approach it and the best you can do is move forward with honesty. So, so little, little does he you know, know that I do that on a daily basis, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't ever have a problem saying what's on my mind. But I appreciated that he gave me the g- the good old pat on the back to continue doing so. So I liked, I enjoyed that. He was cool. He was cool. He was, cool. was, cool. was alright. He told us that he used to pee in like water fountains. Yeah. He no, he said a water fountain. Oh, that's, that's he said a water wow. fountain. <laughs> <laughs> he was giving us. Shouts. It was very Listen, empowering people. It was a very
2: empowering night
0: He had my attention when he's talking about Going to happy hours and peeing in, in water fountains <laughs> It doesn't take much for me Do you, Do you have anything that you've seen lately? Sure, I want to shout out one
4: of Howard's own Kalani Cook, one of my BFFs Yes um, she recently was a keynote speaker for the March for Science, um, which was like a march across the U.S., and she was one of the keynote speakers for the March for Science in Pittsburgh, um, specifically. Um, but she just recently got into the whole tech space, and she's an advocate for basically bridging the gap between the tech world and the black community. Mm-hmm. So her initiative is hashtag Black Tech Pits- Pittsburgh, PGH. Um, so I just want to shout out my BFF. Yes. I love you, Karani's been doing
0: her thing for a while now in the tech space. It's really exciting. It's <laughs> exciting. Obviously, she went to Howard. Obviously, that's the home girl. But it's even more exciting to see a young woman of color, specifically a black woman. Um, hear, out here, coding, coding and, advocating and advocating for other young Black girls and Black women to code, code and sharing this knowledge that a lot of people, people in our communities feel like may they not may not necessarily be welcome to those tables, tables, but right you are, right. because it's it's such it takes, it takes, it, takes it takes a lot of concentration that people don't think they have. And And if you dedicate dedicate yourself to it, like, you can do it. It's not as hard as they make it look over at Apple. (laughs) It's not rocket science. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not rocket science. It's just concentration and perseverance. And if you have that, you can be a part of it. So, Kalani's doing it. Love you, girl. girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that (laughs) ends this segment of dope shit Shit or ain't shit. We didn't have any ain't shit. Do we want to talk about Shea Moisture?
1: We can say it's ain't shit adjacent. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Um, Good intent. Well, if you haven't seen the Shea Moisture ad, um, I mean, by the time we, this airs, you probably have. Uh, but basically, Shea Moisture, who—actually, one of you do this, because I'm bad at so this. So, Shea Moisture is <laughs> out in these streets. I'm, ba- I'm bad at recaps. I'm well,
0: somewhere. Shea Moisture is out in these streets, and they are—they uh, had launched—have launched today, this week, recently, a new campaign promoting their products. And the tagline is, Shea is love— Shay is love The one minute commercial Or or video that has been circulating The tweet ways um, Essentially shows four Women um, One woman with long wavy curly hair so she could be mixed or or essentially she's not a 4c and if you know hair you know that that's she's just not there um the other women were caucasian women that spoke about their challenges with having their their color of their hair um or the lack of volume in their hair Um, And essentially they're talking about their struggles and and why they love Shea Moisture and why Shea Moisture, uh, because of what it's done for their hair, is love to them. I'm going to be real. Looking at it at the jump, I'm like, I don't get the issue until a minute So you kind of pointed out, like, the core audience for Shea Moisture initially was... African diaspora women, women of the diaspora, who have not necessarily had products dedicated to the growth and health and sustainability of their hair and how in your rotation of this new campaign, although great it inten- had great intentions, it was clearly it had great intentions, was poorly executed because it did not include women who Naturally, have very coarse, thick, um, beautiful, yet sometimes can be unmanageable, unmanageable hair. hair. And, and with the tagline tag like "Shay is love,", love if we're not saying "Shay is, love, love, saying is love, love," does that mean that Shay doesn't love us back. back? So I think I think, I think they sad. just <laughs> I I think, mm. I think I think it, I think what it did, rather, rather than not necessarily, necessarily, necessarily in, and you guys, you know, pitch in. I think rather than. uh I don't think this was an issue of appropriation. I don't think this was an issue of um, whitewashing. I think this was an issue of forgetting about your core target audience um, in exchange to get a quote unquote better audience. Yeah. And that may and that may not have been their intentions, but like people like
1: it was a shame
0: moisture. moisture. People like people that use Shea Moisture, such as myself, we are die-hard cult-following fans. Right. So that's, so that's like if Star Trek came out here, and they just had a whole bunch of hip-hop artists in that shit, <laughs> and nothing about it was Trekkie, and nothing about it was nerdy. There's a, there would be a lot of people that are upset because it's not. There would be a lot of beef in these in these nerd streets, but essentially it would be because of that because you're forgetting about the people that have supported you so far, and that's the way it came across in the in the video. I mean, interview. it was a misstep. like it uh, was a yeah. misstep, up. You you didn't you you thought you had us so closely to your heart that you forgot right. you even needed to give us a look to show some to show us some love.
3: What? <laughs> the <laughs> copywriter is like what?
0: I think, I think it had great intent um, because they do have a longer form video where they show more women with more diverse hair textures and skin tones mm-hmm. and more stories. However, we know you're not sharing the 10-minute version on YouTube right. or on Twitter.
3: Forgetting you're sharing that one-minute
0: version.
1: I mean, but this, this goes to, like, something that we argue about all the time, argue for all the time here, which is diversity at the table, right? So it's not just... Cuts, oh, uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you I, I thought didn't you, I do anything. Me but it's 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 mm-hmm. not just having black people at the table; it's having people with diverse opinions at the table to catch those missteps, because that that could have been something that someone said. Hey, we wait. Where's the diversity? Because right now, like, if you, if you work on any campaign, mm-hmm. there's usually this moment where somebody in the room says. Oh shit, where's the diversity? There's let's like a, This is a new phenomenon, but it is Let's a throw some people of color in this ad, right?
0: But they had her. She just See, but then they didn't understand the tone. Yeah, they don't under, yeah. There's an insight right. about the the colorism conversation right. and the hair texture conversation that happens in our community that I don't think they spoke to in that 1 right. minute video. But the
4: thing is they're a black company. So it's like right. I How did you How did you miss that? Like in in, in why are you giving me the
1: side either? I mean, it's 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 a I'm it's, you even last, yeah. think of
4: last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, Shea Moisture did this big like commercial, mm-hmm. and it was like, like who did who that, that? one? See, was that Wyden
1: and that Kennedy. Was Droga five. Oh, that was Droga. And that was Droga, pre- right, right, right. I'm not gonna say the predominantly. It was right, the whole
4: shattering. The whole they're, they're 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 pretty white, though. But Droga, however,
0: however, Droga does pride itself on the diversity of their talent right. and their insights. Well, that's so that's diversity it. is their corner is one of their key pillars. Right for success. However, the, which is why, I, I mean, when we were offline in this conversation, I asked if Shame Moisture was still owned by a, a black, or, an, uh, yeah, by an, uh, a black person or black, or black people or black company because we talk about this all the time about those insights. My thing is, I want, like, I guess I don't even want to know who wrote the brief, what agency they use because you as the company should know that there is there are sensitivities within our community, primarily the community that has supported you all these years, that you need to be careful of if you don't want issues like this. Right, but it goes
1: back to who's at the table, right? So you can have people at the table who are black who still don't understand the nuances. Yeah, like it's keeping that clean insight. And and so there could have been black people at the table (laughs) (laughs) who were just like, Oh, this is great! Like, there's, there's a girl there with my hair texture, right? So you can easily miss have that misstep where you don't see because the thing about the the video last year was that was a black girl. There was no denying that was a black girl. She looked like a black girl. She had black girl hair. The girl who's in this video, she could be anybody.
2: But the keen insight of of the last video was incorporating the struggles that when you, when you would go to get your shampoo, to get conditioners on a regular day, you couldn't find something that was for your hair or that even had your hair in mind. The insight is, yes, you know you would go to the store and you wouldn't find things to make your hair better necessarily just to the make it. The strategic idea
0: was about inclusive right. that my hair matters yeah. too. And that, and that was that was, that was the, the yeah that was the key insight for that video that there are ethnic hair care aisles or sorry not even aisles pardon me corners yeah. in the back of every store. Like you know when you go into a store that is not primarily a, a Sally Beauty supply or My mama's kitchen beauty supply. You know that you have to go to the very back, and either to the right or the left corner, and there are three shelves that have the three perm boxes and maybe one conditioner (laughs) that you can find for your hair. Now, what they did was they're saying, you know, all of our hair matters, so all of our hair should have the same spotlight. I shouldn't have to go hide, go go find the the hidden space for my hair care because. There's enough of me just like there's enough of other people that don't have hair like mine Yeah, Yeah.
2: and I think think what happened in the room for this this is that that the keen insight insight Wasn't wasn't on the the forefront. forefront. I think think there was an insight insight of like, like, you know You you incorporate all the diversity diversity, But you have to remember what has has always been been our key key insight as a company what like like, I know know, even with like brand evolution there's still still that main main thing thing that made that that product product successful yeah Mm -hmm.
4: i I think for me it was just i didn't see see a clear transition from like last year's commercial to to this campaign campaign now now. so i'm I'm looking at at it like the 30 30 second now mind you there are a couple of videos videos out there there. we've only seen two two, but the one i I originally saw was a 30 second reel there was like an ambiguous women of color and three white women. Three white women. And, like, and I'm wow. like, well, I don't see myself in that. And I've been down with Shea Moisture since day one. So where's the Africa story? Like, what, what is right? <laughs> So, so who are who are you talking to? Like, are you are you forgetting about your core audience, just for the sake of bringing in all these white women who have red hair and like, oh, I didn't have blonde hair, so I dyed my hair down. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm not here for let me not. You know what? I'm just going to pass it back to Kai. But all I all I can say was I didn't see myself in that 30 second reel. So. For me, for me like come like you know just getting into the whole branding and marketing you know space if that 30, if that 30 second reel was like the one that like clearly went like light and fire or whatever like that should have been a whole like you know I am Shea Moisture and show all these women of color with all these different textures of hair so that I can see myself right. in it but it seems like they have like a vlog and who got time to like look at like 20 different videos that are two minutes long and then I'm like oh okay they they actually remembered me like no I saw the 32nd one and I wasn't in there I didn't see me I didn't see my textured hair and so after Shea Moisture like I, mean, I, just, I just bought the acne line like it is good but, but, you know, I'm, I guess i still
3: support. But there's, like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is literally, like, the thought process that, like, people of color go through when our favorite brands disappoint us. Like,
3: damn. <laughs>
0: Why you did that for? But there's a point... Oh, fine. I'm going to keep buying, but y'all better do better next time. But
2: there is a thing about you can expand your market and... Be inclusive of your market. You know, like you can expand it. No one's saying that you can only keep it to certain, to certain type right. kind of people. You can right. expand it, but that's gonna be a stronger aim to be more inclusive. And you're gonna have to think beyond. You're gonna have to think a little more, a little more harder, right. much harder, to get the point across.
1: Definitely.
2: We got wine in the mug, y'all. <laughs> well, I well, I think
0: that. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Shameless, sure, just do that. <laughs> no, they, yeah, I think I think what that like. I think I know. Not even think. I know that with all of, with social media now becoming an instant um, focus group, whether warranted or not, uh, for brands and the ads that they place. People are, people are going to have to, like you cannot ignore insights anymore, right. and I think a lot of times um, in the past, and you know, you hear from a lot, from some account people and some creative directors now where it's like, oh, you know, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing anymore as they will be fine because they will be vocal, and they will let you know how they feel about the shit you put into the into the into the. Into the the atmosphere yeah. into the world wide webs so if you're not going to speak for certain people or if you are going to speak for certain people in a way that may not be authentic because i think the thing about the shame moisture ad it just wasn't authentically right. shame moisture as we know it if you're going to do that you need to be able to answer for that and they were not able to answer right. for it instead they apologized for it yeah. and, and said they were going to pull it and said that they were going to pull and, it and to that
1: point right so you, you just hit on something like really interesting which is Twitter, black Twitter, social media, whatever, has become an instant uh, focus group. And every single time something like this happens, I don't want to say they're leaders, but they're definitely people who have voices that rise to the top, right? And every single time something like this happens, they always say, you should have consulted us. Because all you really need to do is pull in two or three of these influencers that are the main ones who you know, if they don't like it, they're going to pop off and everyone's going to follow, use them, because that's what they're there for. If, you, if you're if you trying to talk to these people, go and get the people that you're trying to talk to and have them be a part of the conversation um, that you're having behind closed doors so that when you speak to everyone else, it's validated. You know that these insights are real and you're not just talking to them, you're talking with them. Because that was the insight behind the, the commercial from last year, which is, this is a conversation that women are already having. You're having right. a conversation with them. So it resonated with everybody. This was just obviously something like a shout just came up with a brief, and they answered the brief, but the brief wasn't real because they were not having a conversation with these women. They were talking to them because if they were talking with them, they wouldn't get the backlash that they were having.
0: So I'm going to go ahead and transition, but it's not a real transition because this is tied closely together. Um, but our topic for today is about, is essentially this question, right? As a brand, as an agency, as a marketer, how do you celebrate cultures without exploiting or appropriating it? And I find that in the last year, or either I just became a woke marketer or these these opportunities for the public to speak out against ads that they feel condemn them to negativity um is is so new but I think it's something to talk about because the shame shame moisture is not new because two weeks before that it was Nivea and Pepsi and before that it was I think there was some stuff that went oh Super Bowl, Bowl wasn't that, that too right. long ago. And those commercials, there were a lot of them that we spoke about. And before that, oh, Tori Birch was also a week ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, uh, there was a lot of stuff that we saw happening um, last year. But these opportunities for people to speak out or these moments where people feel isolated uh, because of their culture, because of the way brands and agencies and marketers are targeting them are so prominent. Prominent right now, like we have to address it as marketers. Mm -hmm. So let's—I mean, let's start the conversation there.
1: I mean, I guess we've been having it, so it's not really starting. Yes, we've definitely been having it. But you know, I think there there are three different lanes that all of these things fall in, right? So there's celebration, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. which is which we can put the Shea Moisture ad from last year in. You are celebrating diversity. You're celebrating different kinds of beauty, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's exploitation, which is to me, which is you're just basically like using the images uh, or the voices or whatever of people of color to sell things. But you can tell that it's done in a way that it's, it's callous, like you don't care. I think it was like um, Mark Jacobs or one of these fashion designers who sent like dreads down the runway or whatever. And his response is like, whatever. Like it's, I, yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. care, right? And then the third lane is appropriation, where you're just basically taking credit. You're using someone's uh, culture, and you're you're using it as it's your own. Like you created it, and you're not giving any credit to mm-hmm. this thing that you don't own, that you had no part of creating.
2: Okay. Because I was lost in the definition. Yeah. yeah, I never I, actually yeah.
0: considered that there was a difference in the definition until you pointed it out. Because why I'm here, you <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the Mark Jacobs faux pas that happened during Fashion Week, I remember that, and I was like, That's, that is appropriation at its finest, but it's not, actually, based on what you're talking about, because he never said it was his. Right. It was very clear that, yeah, I know where the hell I took this from. I smoke weed, and I right. go to Jamaica. Like, hey,
3: you know, hey, I listen to
0: Bob Marley. It's not, you know, hey, hey, hey. Like, people yeah, right, say this right, shit right. all the time. Like, people say, like, I, I don't music. And it I gives I them a license. Bob Marley. It gives them
1: a license. Happy
0: 420. It's like, Bob Marley doesn't have nothing to do with yeah. 420, but okay, bruh. Um, but his point was, I don't understand why I can't do it if I think it looks cool. And it's like, well, you're exploiting it. And I, and I think that there's the nuance of not giving context or not celebrating the, the what's the word I'm looking for? I've been drinking wine. You're not celebrating the origin of that piece of, or paying homage to that piece of culture. Or understanding You're literally, right, you're literally, I'll give you an example. I can't stand Supreme. Anybody that, like, has had a conversation about, appropriation supreme brands oh, okay no. not the supremes diana ross gets <laughs> all the praise and glory Hallelujah. Oh, shout, like out <laughs> shout out to detroit shout out to <laughs> detroit you know shout like out to motown okay <laughs> but like the supreme the brand the skateboard the red, red one the, the red with the whites yes okay Then them downstairs that's who, that's they, who they are, are to me they, they are them downstairs but i find them to be now um I still, I still find them to be appropriators, appropriators essentially, essentially, of of, of black of culture, 90s. not even just of hip-hop culture, but black culture in general. Because, because while I recognize, recognize that um, there, may there may be a resurgence of people's interest in the 90s, I also recognize that by you putting a picture of uh, Sade on a T-shirt and not, and not giving any paying any homage to who she was and what she meant to black She's culture, not just this in the United States, <laughs> but globally what she meant. I found that, to, I found there to be issue with that. I find there to be issue with, um, like even something so simple and, and yes, maybe I think too hard, but it bothers me. So they branded Metro cards. Supreme. Is, is not specific, specific to New York City. York City. But, also but also, public transportation, transportation has, been, has been, seen been seen as a, ne- like, has been forever seen as a negative thing for, like, for like people in the suburbs, suburbs. suburbs. When you think of New yep. York City Metro, you think it's scary, you think it's dingy, and quite and honestly, crazy. it is. <laughs> <laughs> but they branded it, they branded it, and now it's something so cool to have one of these Metro cards and they go for sale for, like, thousands of dollars on what? eBay. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the other day, they released, um, champion hoodies like supreme, like supreme branded oh, champion that. hoodies bro but why <laughs> so it was like it's just it's i i mean i get it and i know that people are are people are intrigued by the culture but there are so many things in these culture that when i feel like when i was growing up wearing champion hoodies like You were either from the hood or really poor or both. Like, you were really poor or from the hood or both. And now it's like there are these 15-year-old kids from the suburbs of East Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania that know nothing about this shit. But they can put on these T-shirts and they can wear these sneakers and they can have these Metro cards. And all of a sudden they're considered cool, not recognizing that this is a whole... Not even a lifestyle. This is just a way of life that people go yeah. through. That yes, you sure wear what the fuck you want to wear, but like, understand that this isn't just cool because it looks fashionable. This isn't the afro wasn't the afro because it was just a cute thing to put on my head. It's the afro is the afro because it is of it is from African people. This is how African people's hair grow. That's how we wore it. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, I get, I get mad at that. I, I and Tory Birch can kick rocks too. <laughs> <laughs> but here's
2: my, here's where I struggle with cultural exploitation because we do it to ourselves as, like, as minorities. And I'm going to give the ancient corner over here. Stay woke. There's a lot of okay. (laughs) I can't even suck my teeth loud enough right now.
3: Like, there are
2: people who actually are being educated and they're opening their eyes. They're waking up. They're you know we're looking at the world in 2017 eyes. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who are using woke as a trend. And it's like, I struggle is because. Putting these putting things these on the things forefront front, right. does give attention, so, so there, are there are people who are going to look into it and try to learn, mm-hmm. and then there's, and then the, there's other the other percentage, percentage that are going to exploit right, it to either look smarter, smarter or to be, smarter smarter or to be hip or you know to you be know, trendy, trendy and to and monetize, and monetize it. So, so it's like, like, is exploitation, exploitation all that all bad, bad if it's, it's Is it like is it exploitation what you do after you're exposed to it, or Mm -hmm. is the exploitation like the ex just the actual exposure?
1: Um,
2: Does that make sense? I mean, Uh, I I,
1: I I get what you're saying. I think that you you started off very strong when you said we do this to ourselves, and I think you're right. Like we for 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 our culture we do do a lot of things to ourselves, right? If we're talking about people of color. But the reason why we do it is because, and this is just like being an observationist, like people are trying to cross over, right? And to cross over, you need to make yourself appealing and um, uh, what's what's the word?
0: Um, You need to assimilate?
1: You need to assimilate, but you also need to make yourself uh, shit. Easy, easy on the eyes for white people, or 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 easy on the tongue, digestible. or digestible. Thank you, um, for for white people. So it's, I mean, but that's kind of like what black exploitation was, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're playing, like you want things that other that white people generally have or whatever, and you, you put you you put your culture on display to make money. I think what these brands are doing is it's mostly exploitation, right? And I think Kai hit on this last time, which is like brands always wanna like appropriate the counterculture once Uh, it starts becoming digestible, right? Mm -hmm. So something like woke, that's become digestible right like everyone like kind of knows what it is like white girls are in meetings at work like I'm woke like you know, like it's I
0: mean like, no let's let's be fair There, are like I don't think wokeness is specific to being black it,
1: it's it's not but at the same at the same time it wasn't it's being woke was counterculture for a long time and now it's becoming mainstream culture so like People are going to start exploiting something like that because it's digestible. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you utilize like?
4: Wait, white people say woke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what does woke mean?
4: Like, well, and, 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 what does that and, mean? Because I don't like when people say it. Like, does that mean you wore a dashiki and you went that, to like? But
1: woke generally mean like the way the way that I took it in the context, which it was right. I don't do racist things. I don't, like, I understand black culture, so I'm gonna be in this meeting about um, pitching to African American women and be like, oh, I listen to two, two dope queens. I'm woke. I know that we shouldn't do something like
4: this. Is that how they're saying it? But, but did you read The of That's how it was used. But did you read The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson? Like, really? Like, So, okay.
3: My- <laughs> dashiki don't
0: make you woke. Yo, Dashiki, dashiki don't make doesn't you woke. make you woke. And I know. So the the, the the right the ain't shit that I shared last week had the person speaking about staying woke in a way where it was like what the fuck does that even right. mean to you It should always be in quotation marks point. However I mean I am not I'm no copywriter and I'm no English teacher so I didn't give a fuck about it <laughs> However however I do want like I do want to call out that Anybody can perpetrate being woke, but I do specifically believe that there are people that do understand their wokeness. Like, to me, being woke is your understanding of the cultural nuances and the, the exaggeration and the exploitation of people as a whole and your role in it and looking for ways to f- make it better like you, it's an un- being woke is being is being able to understand being awake means that you're not essentially sleeping on the possibility that somebody's trying to get over on you yeah. and I have met people and I do know people personally that are not black and are woke I also know a shit ton of black people that ain't woke
2: hey, they sleep. and they be sitting there and they will sit there and they
0: will wear their dashiki or they will talk about the books that they read and then you listen to them and it's like
2: you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Stop
0: it. Stop, <laughs> it. Stop it. Stop talking. They will hear you. But I'm going to go back to Karina's point earlier about um, about us having a role in this. And Sim, when we met, like, something that I would sing, and I still sing it, is um, about cultures. We need to protect our culture. So one of my favorite lines, I started writing a blog piece, and I stopped because I got busy at work. So I'm going to finish it maybe this week. But one of my favorite lines... Um, that came from Jay Z because I always quote Jay Z is in um, Izzo when, when essentially, essentially, I'm trying to find it because it's in my, it's in all the things that I write all day. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Essentially, essentially, in Izzo, when he's talking about he does it for the culture, um, to let them know, know what dudes look like, look like when they rent type certain type of cars. Mm. He does it to get payback for what they did to the cold crush. They pay, he does it for um, the dudes, the, the executives that are out there that are, I want... Can you find the, are you searching the quote? I th- you, you look like you were searching the quote, but I'm giving,
3: <laughs> I'm giving the watered <laughs> down version. Uh,
0: You're doing it, essentially talking about he does what he does for the culture yeah. because people have short-sighted hip-hop and black culture and urban culture for so long at that time that he overcharges people for what they did to the Cold Crush. So Cold Crush, back in the day, Cold Crush was the movie? No, that was Beach Street. Doesn't matter. Cold Crush Cold crush Brothers, essentially profiting off of them but not giving people any money. Right. They like corporate America made a lot of money off of um, off of hip hop, off of early hip hop. They made a lot of money. They still do, you right? They made a lot of money in the beginning. They made a lot of money off of people that just wanted to find, you know, two cents to rub together to get a plate to eat or to feed their families, and yet still turn around and made millions off of these people that eventually went broke within years years, right right? so So for me even at that that young age when that um, came out sorry i'm I'm about to read the the quote. quote um
1: I do it for the culture. I
0: do it for the culture to let them know what a bleep looked like when a bleep is roaster. <laughs> Show them how to move in a room full of vultures. Industry's shady, they need to be taken over. Label owners hate me, I'm raising the status quo up. I'm overcharging dues for what they did to the cold crush. Pay us, Pay us like you owe us for all the years you hold us. We can talk but money talks, they'll talk mobugs. And essentially that's everything. That's, that's the actual lines for everything I was about to say. But the point is for me, it's our job to protect the culture. And I felt felt like, in the beginning beginning, like when I started saying, "like I don't wanna say certain things around people because I don't want them to catch on. But I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with you catching on as long as you understand what you're saying. I would rather you have a conversation with me about good hair because you have your own context about what good hair means to your culture, and I have my own. And we're discussing the similarities and the differences in that and what that means for women as a whole. You know what? I'm talking? I want to I want to have deep conversation when when we are talking about culture and not just, "Oh my god, I love it when you wear your braids." That's not okay. <laughs> that's not you being woke. That's not that's you taking advantage of my culture. That's you not seeing my culture for what it truly is. So, I do recognize we do play a big part in it because we can't just you 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 can't just talk family business with people that ain't family unless you're going to get these people involved in your family business.
1: That's very yeah. true. And once
0: you're involved in family business, you become a part, an active participant, and you need to play that role. If you're not playing that role, you're just stealing shit. Hey. Mm. And like my auntie used to say, if you lie, you cheat, you cheat, you steal, you steal, you get kill, and you, 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 you might as well get yeah. to on to start killing. Yeah. Oof. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do to culture. I'm going to move on to the next question, though. So I want to know... Um, how do you redeem yourselves? How does a Pepsi redeem themselves? How does a Tory Birch redeem themselves? How does Shea Moisture? How does Shea Moisture apologize? Like instead of just their 140 character tweet, but how do they po- apologize to people that are offended by their work?
1: I mean, to to the point of being woke, right? To me, woke is having, and I'm using quotation air marks right now because. I think that should always be put in quote because what what is there what like what does it mean right? But Doesn't it, have a definition? it 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 does it does but it it also changes to me it changes with context right because the way that you look at a woke quote unquote white person is not the same way that you look at a quote unquote woke black person. But if you
4: woke, do you have to even call it out? Or maybe that's like our whole and, like millennial generation right. like I'm woke, so I'm gonna call it out like. Doctor Carr, sorry for people who don't know, Doctor Carr is this amazing chair of the African American Studies Department yes. at Howard University. Yes. Uh-huh. Doctor Carr ain't uh-huh. out here talking about I'm woke. He just he just yes. spits facts. He tells the truth. <laughs> he tells it how it is. So I, you know, I just I, I'm not here like if I'm
0: you grown, you don't gotta tell people you grown. Sorry, I'm over here talking without a mic If you grown you don't gotta tell people you grown right, you If you're rich you, you, share you don't even have to tell people you're You tell rich. people what, what
4: books you're reading You tell people what movements you're part of You tell people what organizations you're part of But do you really gotta say I'm woke like, but you then you What can... is understood
0: is never because... has to be spoken okay. Fuck boy mantra 2016 <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, What I is understood bye. Should never be spoken <laughs> <That's nice>. Yes
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, but to your to your to your question, I think the redeemable thing is to acknowledge that you fucked up, because and and be sincere about it. And I think when you're sinc- when you're sincere, when you use words like Shane you just did, like we effed up, we're sorry, and then go into your whole diatribe about what it is that you're gonna do better, that's where you start redeeming yourself. The other way that you redeem yourself is you hire diverse people and you include them in the conversations when you are putting when you're spending all this money to talk to a group of women and you don't have representatives from that group at the table you're gonna fuck up it's it's inevitable like you may you may get one hit but it's inevitable that you're going to miss that because you get cocky it's like it's like every drug dealer in every movie right you keep (laughs) like you stay trying to get like that next
3: who got the juice now right like you,
1: you stay trying to get that next big win and then you you have a misstep but if you have people at the table who can let you know the nuances who can speak to the insights of this group and not just speak from a place of oh we did research i know you shouldn't do this because if you do this they're going to come for you
3: yeah
1: and that's where you and and i think that's like the first step of of redeeming yourself. is like, you have to, you have to put your money where your mouth is. If you're really sorry, then you're going to make sure that you never ever do this again.
0: Lisa surprised at the, um, the IPG event that we went to, were you, you Mm -hmm. didn't go with, okay, maybe I just went. I might, I might have been the only mixed company, my representative (laughs) there. So, IPG had an event. Oh, we did a whole episode on it, Tim. We did (laughs) We did talk about this.
1: It's available online. Um, you can find um,
0: it. they had an event where they talk where they were essentially, um, I don't know, celebrating Black women in advertising. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You heard that one, right? Okay. Um, but Lisa Price, uh, from Carol's daughter, um, direct competitor, Shea Moisture, by the way. Um, Lisa Price made a comment about uh an experience she had being pulled into a focus group from. From Coca-Cola, um, where they sat in the room and this in this focus group, they brought I guess the idea, or I don't know if they actually shot the campaign uh, for Black families. Um, and I forget what Coca-Cola campaign it was, but let's. Just, it was one of those about family and happiness and sharing cokes and shit like that, right? And essentially, they had this image of a black woman, a black woman, with her two children at the beach and the story was how you know black women spending time with their children taking their children to the beaches every weekend and blah, blah blah and like the entire audience of black women started busting out laughing now if you don't know much about black culture it doesn't make sense to you why this is hilarious to most of us to the others here's the thing our hair my mother was not taking me to the beach every weekend because she didn't want to do my hair <laughs> Every weekend, she didn't want to have to get her hair done every weekend. So Lisa was explaining, like, as they were as they had the conversation about the the campaign, they they brought to their attention. There's a true insight that you're missing here. And that's while, yes, this seems like a fun thing to do. Most black people don't have this experience Because there is a hair factor There is a where do you live factor If you are in the middle If you are in the Midwest You're probably not getting to a beach So who are you speaking to? If you are in certain parts of New York City, while there are beaches in New York, you may not necessarily be getting to a beach that frequently. There are people, if you saw insecure at all, you know Molly was from California and she ain't never been to a beach till she went to college. So there's an experience that you're trying to force upon a segment of people that by not having this insight, you fail to realize that you've completely gone over their heads meaning you don't care and you don't have that insight. And these were clearly black people that were talking about it. So so I say all that to say, like, you do got to bring people to the table, but you also have to listen. And I don't think I – don't, I don't care who's at the table because I do think sometimes we, like, agencies staff up just the hell to staff up. Mm-hmm. If you don't have people at this table that have experiences to be able to share – and contribute, then you'll keep making the same mistakes and putting black women on the beach every Sunday with their children. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we all sitting there like, I mean, there's that one summer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you can't just copy, sorry Sam, you can't Mm -hmm. just copy and paste diversity. I mean, you can't start off, it's not the the Barbie perspective where you have white Barbie and black Barbie. It Mm -hmm. just does not apply. And I think one thing is when you F up, from what you said, Sim, like what I got is what you said too, Kai. Is like you need to understand why you effed up. If you're gonna put an apology out there, you can't just say sorry just because everybody's mad. You have to understand why people are angry or mm-hmm. why it didn't connect or where or understand where your misstep was to correct the situation. In terms of having people, you know, you can have a lot. Here's my thing about diversity. Mm you can have you What's can that
3: 28 year old <laughs> <coming in>? mm.
2: <laughs> you can have diversity you can have a good um mix of asian blacks hispanic latino people in the room but if everybody and white people but if you miss the insight then you all collectively miss the boat exactly mm. And, like... Shea moisture. (laughs)
0: You know and I think that's a really
2: good case study
0: for it. Because we do talk about diversity. And it's like, well, if you had X, Y, and Z at the table... No, it's not just by having people at the table. It's about having that insight to share. Like, truly understanding your audience.
1: But but here's the thing. I think it's about having someone at the table who wants to protect the culture. And that's... Well, right. Well, that's what I mean by having
0: that insight. Like, for you to have that insight and want to share it, it's because you want to contribute something to make it better.
1: So, you... While we were talking, just remind me about something. Uh, Michaela Angela Davis, who is Shout out to- all, yes. these, oh all these things, but one of yes. one of her titles that she's been using is that she's an image activist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? For years, yes. So I just pulled up a quote, right? And basically for those people who don't know, she works with brands to make sure that they don't fuck up. That is, that is her primary role. So if she was in the room when Shea Moisture did this, she would have said, where's the dark girl? Where's the girl with the, with the kinkiest hair who Shea Moisture would be of most benefit to, right? Mm-hmm. So she said this, uh, this is in an article from, let me just say this article, uh, it's from Huck a couple years ago, uh, 2005 and the title is meet michaela angela davis the image activist infiltrating the mainstream changing perceptions and her quote is when i look at the way black women are represented in culture all i see is narrowness narrow narratives limitation lack of complexity lack of diversity in a real way diversity is one of those words that has had the meaning sucked out of it particularly for black girls i feel like we have this capacity to embody what looks like contradictions to everyone else in this in this very effortless way like we can be turned up at the club one day and on the same day be in a deep conversation in our community.
0: How are girls in the bathroom at the club We <laughs> be arguing about slavery.
1: Like, I, I I I think one of the, one of the things that I was taken away from that quote is you need somebody at the table who understands the complexities. That is how you redeem yourself. You redeem yourself by like it's it's like a boxer, right? Mm. As a boxer, you can lose a match mm-hmm. the only way that you can redeem yourself is if you win the next match uh, so to that's win the, true. so to win the next match you have to have you have to put people like her put people who are trying to protect the culture on your team so that the next time when you come out swinging mm-hmm. everyone goes yeah, they fucked it the last time, but they got it right this time.
4: Right, shout-outs to her and also David Banner. He has a company Child. called Banner Vision. Oh wait, oh. he's so hotel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think there's
0: a balance between darkness like and hotel. Not like he's not person. like him. He ain't there yet. Like but, I'm
3: like <laughs> <laughs> David know, Banner be out feel, like
0: out here like he wasn't trying to uh, trying to make some sweat girl for girl a long girl. time. <laughs> like By listen, the time I hit the, listen, okay. man. But, you're still fine, though, but, but, but,
3: like, damn. to Samia's
4: point, like, it, it's all about having people on your. Like, so basically, all these, what, Tory Birch, um, Shea Moisture, what was the other company? My Pepsi.
0: Jacobs. Pepsi,
4: they've all <laughs> pulled their ass. So they're all, like, basically, you're all you're wasting sw- your money. Well, yeah, you wasted Pepsi, definitely, because apparently it was shot in another Baby. country. Wasn't it shot in, like, Japan? It, it wow. wasn't shot that.
0: down the street. Somewhere.
4: So basically, everyone has basically, because Shea Moisture said they've pulling that ad or whatnot. Mm. So you've wasted all these millions of dollars, and so you're back at square one. Mm. So I feel like now mm. is the time to bring in different individuals um, like the Kai's, like the Simeon's, like the Katrina's, like White Rose Marketing. Pizza. Karina,
0: Pizza.
3: I, <laughs> like, I, I was like, you hey, bring Katrina too. You bring Katrina
0: today, too. Katrina can come too. <laughs> Katrina,
4: she can come. But... <laughs> like the white rose marketing <laughs> solutions shout out to my boss Bianca mm, Blake like, like now is the time to bring us in uh, in in a part of the conversation and let's mm-hmm. have a real conversation let's do focus groups like let's yeah. do let's go into people's homes and like separate them a part of the focus groups and have those real conversations mm-hmm. and like be able to tell an authentic story because Jaymore that wasn't authentic i'm like i feel like you stripped it was. everything it wasn't authentic change the whole color scheme and i'm like i don't even know who you are it was
1: you know the thing is it was generic it right. was. So and, and I think now, It
0: wasn't complex and that's what right. Michaela was and getting that's, at. And It that's, wasn't let me give you a story about Michaela Angela Davis. So I'm terrible at following up with people and this is she's definitely one of the people I need to follow up with. But I did a lot of intern work for Michaela back in the day, like around oh eight, oh nine. Um I actually created her Facebook page.
3: Okay. So you're all, you're
0: all welcome. Her? But here's the thing. When I met when I met Michaela, I reached out to her because BET had uh, a panel about, I guess, women, exploiting women in hip hop. And I think Corinne Stephens might have been on it. Uh, uh, Melissa you know, Joan Ford. Joan Morgan. Melissa Ford. Head. Who?
2: Joan Morgan and her are like BFFs. Chickenheads came to Bruce, you know what I'm talking Girl, like, no, I'm talking about video vixens, bad, girl.
3: Adios. <laughs> Melissa Ford was on it, and essentially they
0: were talking about defining what women, like the role of women in hip-hop at this time. This is like 2009. Is no, this oh, is on TV. So I reached out to her, and we started conversing and corresponding from there. And one of our first conversations um, I asked her, you know, what was she doing? Because initially, uh, at, at a point, she was the EIC, I believe, for Honey Magazine. Shout out to the 2000s. Mm-hmm. I think she was the fashion, she might have been the fashion editor or one of the editors over at Essence around the time that Susan Taylor was there. We're just talking about black excellence right now. Mm-hmm. It feels great. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was saying that she was going over to BT to do some work, and my young, unwoke face... Got screwed up, cause I was like, this is BET right after like BET Uncut got cut off, and they didn't have no corresponding, no uh, no programming for us, and like people, like people of color really were not here for BET. Yeah, we were definitely angry. And her, we were really we like collectively just can't get rid of Uncut. Collect well, <laughs> collectively we were all displeased with BET and the direction that they went for programming. And her comment to me was. Essentially, like the story, the the moral of the story was you got to have a seat at the table to make it better. And she was like, the goal of me going to work, with, I'm paraphrasing because this is like ten years old now. But the goal of me going to BET is so that I can help bring the stories that I hear from you all to the table to help create programming. So at the time, I don't even know if she still does it, but she would just host like salons in her crib. Like you could just go to her crib and sit there and just have conversations with a whole bunch of dope woke, non-woke, professional black women and sharing stories about getting into the industry, maintaining in the industry and all of these things. And she was like, it's those stories that you guys share coming up in the game, the stories that, you know, the other women that she brings in, that she's going to be able to help bring that to the forefront. And essentially, like within three years, that's what started to happen. That's when we started to get back more programming that was relative to our lifestyle. That is... When people started to ha- give a little bit more respect for it, so for me, one of the like when I think of protecting the culture and quite honestly i I truly feel like that's where I got it from. She's definitely a guardian of the culture, definitely somebody who embraces not just being natural but also wearing your hair relaxed, mm-hmm. not just being professional but also here for the party girl, not just being dark skinned but also here for the light skinned girl and recognizing that like. Black women and women of color in general all have a story to share. She knows how to po- to protect the culture without being offensive mm-hmm. and also without being inauthentic. And, like, and I feel like we need – she can't be the only one doing it. Like, right. there does need to be more women of color, not just black women, but women in general. Like, my my Latin uh, perspective is quite different from – I have a friend that – and her family is from, from Mexico, I think, like – not even Mexico City, but like rural Mexico. And her experiences growing up Latin are very different than mine, even though she's first generation also. It's like you need those kind of stories because when they reach out to Latinos, they need to know that there's a difference. Mm-hmm. It's not just what you see. When they reach out to I, – I did like the story of the redhead girl and the shade moisture where she was talking about my natural hair color. Like I didn't like my natural hair color. And explaining and expressing why, like those are the stories you need to know. So you do have to protect the culture. You do have to share the insights. You do have to take into account that those insights aren't going to hit everybody, and that this mainstream marketing or this global market marketing just really doesn't work because you're going to piss people off and waste a whole bunch of media dollars in the end.
1: Mm -hmm. Next time I see her in the gym, I'm going to
0: talk to her. You go to the Y, right?
1: You can't be shouting her gym out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She be in the. Like, she's in, like, every, whatever. What the Y. The YMCA. Oh, wow. Bedside.
1: Yeah, Bedside. That's where you, she go.
0: Go. you don't go to Equinox. Like, I don't know why you making it seem like that. It's in the neighborhood.
1: Well, I'm going to stalk her next time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um So, okay. So, I'll ask one more question. And then, how do we help clients feel at ease promoting more inclusive work, inclusive of more diversity?
1: I mean, the case study is there. No, this is what. Not enough. But here's here's the thing, right? You you have a you have a brief. And your brief says, "I want to talk to these people." When you, the minute that you that that conversation starts happening, you need to have these case studies ready to go. This is what happens when you come to these people, this set of people with false insights and false narratives and narrow mindedness. This is what happens do you want this to happen or do you want to win? Like, it's, it's either or. It's either you want to win or you don't.
2: But, sorry. Yes, you need to have the insight. You need to have the examples. You need, you need, the thing is, you need to empower your client to, to know that this is the correct direction. And, it, and they have to feel confident and secure and trust for you. Like so, when they bring it to their higher ups, they can believe and back it. If they don't believe and back it for themselves, it ain't going nowhere. As much you could say all the key insights, or whatever, but as long as they, it, as long as they believe in it, then they will fight for it. If they feel that they have the place that they can fight for it, they will take it to the end. But if they don't, like, then they won't there's 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 the part of believing in something and then there's the business part and then there's the political part at their own agency i mean mm. at their own that their own workplace and you have to understand when you want to promote an idea or you want them or you want your client to fully support it you have to think about that in a 360 way because they're a person too and if they don't feel confident enough as much as you feel confident or passionate mm. enough then it ain't go nowhere. I've seen it. Well, what do you mean when you say put your client at ease? <laughs> because I feel like,
4: so I'm thinking, like, say, for instance, Shea Moisture or Sundial Brands. Like, I don't know who all of their, um, I don't know who all of their business partners are. But let's say, like, mm-hmm. they got another um, person to finance I don't know, the Shea Moisture brand. So like, I, do I have to make them feel at ease as well? And so the more I, I feel like I make someone feel at ease, like am I, I feel like I'm stripping away of the authentic, authenticity. You are. Of the actual story. So I feel like I don't, I shouldn't have to make you feel. If you want something, if you want quality work, then you should be authentic. You should be true to the story, to the brand. And it it might not be to make you feel at ease. It might make you feel uncomfortable. I was about to
0: say, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. I actually, don't feel like I need to make my client feel at ease with including, with with having or creating inclusive work. And there's a couple reasons for that. The first thing is, it doesn't matter, same thing, IPG um, IPG event, and they talked about how um, women of color are, are among the largest consumers of television, yet still people feel like These networks and and creators feel like no one wants to see Black families on TV. Like that is why Blackish, when it came out, it was such a big thing, and nobody knew if it was going to work because it was a largely almost full Black ensemble. Um, We see all the time with uh, marketing in general. We see it all the time. Like people are still resistant to making their work inclusive to people of color. So for me, I'm not gonna convince you that. I'm not gonna convince you that. I'm gonna ask you about it. We're gonna have a conversation. If you're not here for it, you're not here for it. But at the same time, thanks to this new social media phenomenon where now everyone is in fact a marketer and everyone (laughs) is in fact a focus group, you're gonna hear it. You're gonna lose money. People, It's not even about protesting outside your office building anymore. People are going to let you have it. And here's Mm. the thing with these companies and these brands and these marketers and these agencies. It's just a whole bunch of people that need outside validation. So if you're no longer being validated by people and wondering why in the area of social media, why you can't grasp a larger hold of the market share, you're going to realize that it is because... You're not catering to these people that don't fuck with you because they know you don't fuck with them. Right. Now, now, the good thing is, for a fact, based on various conversations we've had, based on the huge uh, undertaking of General Electric, uh, uh, sorry, General Electric, or is it General Mills? General Mills and um, HP saying that. Look, these agencies, y'all want to work with us. Y'all gotta have diverse teams, and we gotta be talking diversity. Um, I personally, myself, have seen quite a few RFPs come past my desk where people are asking, "Well, what is the di- the, the diversity makeup of your team?" <laughs> Isn't that something? When you out here and you're about to go in for a pitch, and they're and one of their first questions is so uh. <laughs> How many people of color you got around? <laughs> one, two, three, four, none. Great. You know what I'm saying? So like I don't feel like I need to force people to do nothing but lose their money. But what I will say is as an as an active consumer mm-hmm. who also who also works in the field, I also think like I one of the things I say when I take a trip and I get bad service on a plane is I'm about to take to Twitter. Because people listen. Like, they have, like, full departments here to respond to you. Like, it's not customer service on the phone wait times. No, I'm going to tell you and all however many followers I have that I'm not fucking with you right now. And that is a lot – that weighs a lot more heavily on their bottom line than it did in the past. I don't have to do shit. You just have to – I just have to watch you fail and watch somebody
1: take your spot. That's it. I mean, I think I think one of the core is, like, you want to choose brands that choose you, Right. You, and that's,
0: but that's a new phenomenon right. like people yeah. choosing brands and not having to be loyal to brands just because that is mm. so new right. and, and, and,
1: and, and that's <laughs> and that's and that's what I mean about the research because the, re, the research is saying that people have choices and because we know that you have choices, we don't need you. And when brands understand that we don't need you. Now, Shea is probably not going to lose business over this particular uh, ad because re- the, re- the reality is anyone who uses their products is readily available. Mm-hmm. It does exactly what you want it to do. But if they come back and they don't redeem themselves, people are going to start looking for other options. True. And other options will rise to the top. And just like shade moisture, you should just be in certain stores, it's gonna happen for the next brand. Like, that's just the way that everything Panting. evolves.
2: The so, way I think about it is giving, having all these keys, like having the research, having that, and using that to empower your client. Because even like some of our clients, they may not have this they may not have the insight they may be blind as hell but
0: but you can't make somebody unblind just by showing them numbers like at the end of the day we still know we still know the negative connotation about being any person of color in this world and that mainstream marketing or what are we calling it these days not multicultural marketing what's the opposite But general general market general general market is king and when we hear general market we already know what that means and it's not you it's not me it's not the it's not the racially ambiguous woman in that video it's not it is not for us so if you're not paying attention to it me as a marketer i don't have to put you at ease you know what needs to happen is your your uh your audience is going to put you in distress
2: but isn't yeah. that it's part not, of the recommendation? Like, isn't that we can,
0: as, yeah? As but an that's agency, not going to put we can't it? put them at ease. Like the
1: question it's not, is about It's not putting, easy.
0: <laughs> I can't make you feel comfortable with the people you don't give a fuck about. I right. see what you're saying.
2: I I see it as like, what do we need to do to push to push creative work? Like when it, when we, when we are asked as an agency for our creative recommendation, mm-hmm. and this is our opportunity to push for like inclusive the most groundbreaking or, <coughs> or innovative, I don't want to say innovative, but relevant work. Right. Like that that's part of our recommendation, having all this research, having all that's part of our creative so recommendation, isn't it? In-
1: inclusive is a key word, right? Because when you start and this is what marketers are starting to wake up and realize when you're talking about the general market, you're talking about people of color. Anything that you produce for the general market is going to be seen by people of color. So anything that you do needs to take into account that if we see it and we don't like it, we're going to fuck your shit up. That's just like... by your shit, we mean your revenue. Your revenue, <laughs> like, yeah. The almighty dollar. <laughs> like, 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 that's the reality. Cash like, is we've, we've seen what happens for a few brands who have gone against the grain... And black Twitter was like, "Not nah, nah, that's son. not gonna happen." Nah, and son, we where good. Where they at? Look at look at Bill O'Reilly. Where is he at?
0: I just want to say that it brought tears to my <laughs> like soul to have that man because I was very upset when they pulled that ludic. When Pepsi right. pulled that ludicrous, Pepsi just been fucking up, man. When they pulled that ludicrous commercial back in the was it early 2000s yeah. Ludicrous dude. Ludacris, so they basically had Ludacris on as like their celebrity endorser. Mm-hmm. And like he had, you know, the this is the time like Britney Spears and whatever, mm-hmm. and this is Pepsi trying to, you know, monetize off of hip hop. But Ludacris was it, and at the time Ludacris was one of the hottest rappers. Yeah. And they pulled his campaign spot because Bill O'Reilly <laughs> Look at God. <laughs> listen, listen. He may not always be on time, but Shoddy. he show up. He said that Ludacris abuses women, exploits women, yeah. that he's just, just like basically trying to make him out to be the devil. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. he did. Because how dare, how dare she want to strip for her husband? Listen, <laughs> listen, at least her husband still the wants her to strip for cell. him. Listen, but... You do all of that and then the whole thing when like dame dash and cameron were on there and all of these things were comical Mm -hmm. but here we are full circle and the same thing that he was accusing those men of doing which let's be real they did they do but bro you do too you make these millions of dollars over at fox network and because you wear a suit and a tie and your skin is extremely pale and your hair is thin all of a sudden, you become more more valuable and more of a citizen than they are when they literally look up to men like... At the time, these are grown men now, right. but at the time, they want to be like men like you.
4: Right. Well, the only thing is with Bill, the whole Bill O'Reilly issue, like, I'm, you know... So for him being let go, the only issue for me is that they didn't let him go, I feel like, because of what he did that was wrong. No, they didn't. They, they let him go because he was... He
0: was bad for ratings.
4: Right, bad for ratings, and people were why they That's
0: why they paid, down, they, right? they paid him so, his, his full So severance. the issue
4: that, like... I mean, Bill Cosby and his issue aren't the same oh, yeah. per se, but, but they are. I almost feel like I, he should have been are. vilified. Like, why was yeah. he not vilified? Right. I think that's I think a whole other The thing.
1: Key, the key thing about Bill O'Reilly, it's not that he was bad for ratings. He was bad for business. He was right. losing he was, right. he, was, right. he was making them lose money. I think one of the advertising key, money. Advertising dollars. Dollar spend, and
0: dollars
1: spend. I think one of the key things that clients need to I think they should go look at the civil rights movement and just like kind of like use that as a mirror because one of the key. No, I don't. But, but hold on. Let me, let me, let me finish. Let me finish though. <laughs> one of the key phrases from the civil rights movement, which was power to the people. So that was
0: Fred Hampton. But, and that was more black power movement and less civil rights movement. But you're talking it's to okay. the Howard <laughs> <laughs> Get
1: your life right. That bud. was, get your life right. I, I I But apologize. I do think I that
0: Panther right. Party, think, yes. Fred Hampton. I do right. think I do think that, that makes sense now that we're talking right. about Fred Hampton and okay. the black, Yes.
1: Sorry. Let me <laughs> I, I was doing correctly. If you don't Howard know Fred Graduate. Hampton,
0: I implore you to please research him. Continue. But,
1: but the idea of power to the people, that is what social media is. It is and, power and to ev- all people. Yeah. And and what is what it's done is it's given people the power to stop brands in their tracks and make sure that they lose money if what they're doing. Is wrong
3: hmm
4: I just feel like creativity is inclusive of all individuals so you have all these different colors that come together Mm -hmm. to make this grand masterpiece and so I feel like brands need to have that same approach like whether it's like the Native American or the person from Brazil or from Nigeria from Martinique wherever it is like everyone needs to be a part of the conversation in order to get I mean, well, maybe not for everything, but the whole thing is like you need to have people at the table in order to make a decision, in order to make a brand come to life, in order to make a commercial, whatever it is that you're working on, come to life. Everyone needs to be a part of the conversation because mm-hmm. this whole concept of like you and your white, the white man, or you know, like no, you you times have changed, and and black Twitter will shut you down. I mean, you yeah. need you
1: need empathy, right? And I think that's, I mean, historically big business has not had empathy for marginalized people. Uh And I think what, what they're interpreting a lot of what these brands and agencies are interpreting as a call for diversity, it's sympathy. Uh It's we're throwing you a bone. Uh We hear you say that you want to see your people on screen and your kinky hair and your dark skin. Uh Let me throw you a bone. Empathy is approaching it from a different angle, which is, I actually care what you think. I'm not just doing this to appease you. Uh I want you to be a part of my following or culture, whatever the fuck it is that you want to call it. And so they don't have empathy. And Uh that's the key, and that's why you need to have the key people at the table because key people give you empathy. They give you the insights to be empathetic. And right now they don't have that. Uh All they have is people saying, we need to make sure that we need that we have diversity. Instead of saying, we understand why we need diversity.
0: Right. Right. And what before is. we close out, like I guess I'll say, like as as protectors of the culture, because I like, I mean, we started out like I truly, I truly feel that part of my purpose in this industry is to be a protected, a protector of culture, specifically of my culture, but having that empathy for others. But our job in this as consumers is we can't just say – we can't just give top-level ideas anymore right. saying I just we just want to be seen or we want to be included. We actually have to say how and we have to speak up because we have to be active participants in our own marketing. Because quite honestly, people can only speak to you the way you allow them to. This goes in relationships. <laughs> this goes in, in – being a consumer this goes at work, you gotta set your boundaries. So if we say it's not acceptable for you to ignore us because you think you already have our money, then that is what they will move forward and no longer do. We cannot just ignore you because we think you have you. If we say that you can't use our protest for your profit, moving forward, they will not do that because they know that it's gonna be a touchy subject. So it is. it does become our job to move forward, to be clear about what we are requesting To only put money towards brands and businesses that um, are in line with our core values. And then to make sure that as we are sharing our culture and exchanging our culture with other people, that we do so in a matter that is serious. Whether it is lighthearted, we have to do it in a serious manner so that they respect it and they don't just commodify Mm -hmm. it for the sake of having something to share with other people to make more money off of it. So with that. Snap. I'm gonna go ahead and close out episode twenty four. I Aminata, mean, thank you so much. Do you do anymore? No. We basically did that, bro. No, this was okay. that's <laughs> what we're doing. I didn't I yes. didn't call it out, but <laughs> these were all solutions. But um thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thank
0: Yay. you for having me. This was like one of the best Mondays I've
3: had. Oh my god, like, so fun. I'm
0: This is awesome. so cool. we, have you back. Hey, we do we have has. we do have to have you back. We'd love to hear more about um your mark the marketing company that you're working with. It'd be great to have your boss on here one day, too. Um, and then for everybody else, as you guys know, you can follow us on the socials. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter at AskMixedCompany. That's A-S-K-M-I-X-E-D-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y. Um, we're also on Facebook. You can find us Facebook backslash Company or email us at
1: AskMixedCompany at uh, gmail.com. On Facebook, it's mixed company podcasts. Okay, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> doesn't catch matter. Our past episodes. Pa- catch
0: all the past episodes. Reach out to us. Comment on our individual socials. Make sure you follow a minute to. We'll oh make yeah. sure and have um, something of her somewhere.
2: Where can the people? <laughs> Where can are you,
0: can you private?
4: Um, Where can people reach you? So I'm on. Well, ins- I am private. I I be scrubbing. Doesn't matter. Right? You I'm, can
0: scrub through it. Well,
4: um, I'm gonna. Can I use this? Shout out my yeah. brand. So, um, another Howard alum. Another BFF from Detroit, Kareen E. J. Smith, formerly Jones. Um, we started a brand called Wake Up By Black, and it's to support and promote and revitalize the community. And so we have a brand um, shirts, hats, and um, pins, and it's gonna roll out into something bigger. And so you can follow us uh, at Wake Up By Black. Uh, excuse me, wake up Black Wall Street on Instagram, and then you can visit our website, wakeupblackwallstreet.com, um, to purchase apparel. But we'll continue the conversation.
0: Hashtag Black black, y'all. And hashtag thank you all. We'll talk to y'all next episode. Peace.